Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. I love it. Sometimes I can go real low on the dot com thing. I can't go that low all the time, but how low dot can com. You dot com. I I, yeah, I wish I could sing that low. I, every once in a while, I'll put YouTube on and listen to all oh. the like, bass guys. It's, yeah, it's amazing how low some of those guys can Yeah, go. that's way too low. There's a guy that I went to school with that was obviously a singer and all that. And he was, yeah, even when he talked, it's like, whoa. It's just like reverb, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I have a low voice, but I, I'm always amazed by those who have low, low voices. Yeah. Um, you know, you know who A.W. Tozer is? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Okay. Yeah, interesting author. And I would suggest that if our listeners want to read a book, A.W. Tozer, he's not here anymore, obviously. But he was a good thinker, and yeah. I like thinkers. They, they're able to write things and force you to think. If you're in the habit of always being entertained, you're probably a shallow person. Mm-hmm. You need to go think and challenge your thoughts and have a way to look at everything you're doing and try and evaluate their purpose. Yeah. Anyway, Tozer said this once. He said, the Bible does not hesitate to say that man and beasts are much alike. But it also says there is a gulf fixed between them, a difference that is so vast that it can never be explained. Mm. Uh, the reason I want to start there, so I want to have a conversation. And I, I think that today people are worshiping creation and think that it has equal value to man. Yeah. And I would say it doesn't. Right. And, and I'll give you my summary at the beginning so those people that want to turn us off right away could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sharing your notes ahead of time. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you that I really think that God made creation in a way that is there to be used by people. He made it for people, but it's not to be loved. It's to be used. Hmm. And we are responsible stewards of it, but it's still not to be loved. Yeah. People are to be loved, and God is to be loved. But we are different because of how God created us, and he created us to be in his image. He didn't create a tomato in his image. He didn't create a tree in his image. He didn't create a, a giraffe in his image. He created us in his image. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we realize not all life that we consider life is equal. Yeah. Um, in fact, God says that Jesus came to give us life. Yeah. Not to give trees life, but to give us life. Uh, I'll even go further. The creation around us and even in our own lives, there's no life apart from death. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to sustain life, I have to kill a cabbage plant or I have to kill a cow and have you know beef or something. But I cannot sustain life without death. Yeah. And God says that about life as well. There's no possible way for me to enjoy life apart from death. Yeah. So our listeners can play with that and figure out and the next time they sit and ponder the world, uh, ponder the idea that there's no life apart from death. Isaiah 118, I'll give you a verse. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. So I'm going to stop there. That's it right at the beginning. Reason together. What does that mean? Reason together. Yeah. What does that mean? Do you know? Let us talk about this together. Right. Let, let's actually have an intellectual conversation. That's right. Kind of like what we do on the show all the time. Right. For yeah, the most part. For the most part. But not just sit there and argue, not mm-hmm. just make my point. Let us reason together. And he goes on and says, though your sins are scarlet, 
They'll, see, they'll be made white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they'll be made as wool. And if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God basically says, you know, it's really important that people get together, talk about what's real and important in life, and understand the fact that basically, apart from God, there's sinful people who are separated from him, mm-hmm. but he can solve that problem, and he did through Jesus. And at this point in Isaiah, he's pointing to the fact that he will do it. But if we refuse to do it God's way, we will just destroy ourselves. Yeah. And I think the example is out there um, right now. As we look at things in life, we're seeing it's so easy to just destroy people. Mm-hmm. Why do we like destroying each other? I don't know. Because I'm looking at like the stuff that's going on in the media and stuff. It's, it's, it's not... I cannot tell you right now, by the way, I can't tell you what any political candidate is actually going to do, but I can tell you they hate the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they've said that very clearly. Right. The other guy they think is unqualified or the other lady is unqualified. So I know that, but I have no idea. When, when one of them or both of them get up and say, I have a plan, I think, what is it? Mm-hmm. And then they stop and just say, the other guy does and he's a bum. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Wow. That's what happens. If there's no standard, if there's no right or wrong, we start becoming the standard, and anyone who disagrees with us, we get angry with. Mm -hmm. How can we live that way? I mean, what is our future if we do that? And we turn into, actually, animals. Mm. And I know when I say that, all the PETA people are going, well, animals are, look, we're different than animals. We're we're made in the image of God where we have the, the ability to reason. Mm-hmm. Animals are not there. We have a soul. Animals don't have that. Animals and, and plants were made to serve mankind. They weren't made to be worshipped. God was, is the only one that gets worshipped. Yeah. At the end, all of the physical matter of this life, you may call it living or whatever, will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Except for the souls of man. Yeah. And the souls of man will either be in eternity with God or they'll be separated from God. So that's the right perspective to have. And we need to understand that God made us a certain way and Satan is playing with our minds to try and get us to not put things in the proper perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, can you even go against what you really have an urge to do? Can you go against the things you have an urge to do? Uh, yeah. So urges don't have to direct you. Correct. Do your children know that? Uh, we're teaching them that. Okay. How do you teach that? Um, sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes they have to do it and screw up. Other, other times they can learn by you explaining to them, here's what's going to happen if you do this. Yeah. Sometimes we treat kids like uh, animals rather than, than humans. Yeah. For example, I used to train horses. Okay. And the way that I would train them is, you listen to me or you will be in pain. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. What I found is that animals don't like pain. Right. So I win. And what we find with children a lot of times is the same thing. Mm. You listen to me or you'll be in pain. Do you think that actually trains a child? I don't know. Yeah. It, let me, as an old educator, there's a, a real simple principle that, someone your age with children 
that are your age need to really ponder. It's a difference between what I call conditioning and education. Yeah. And conditioning is not a bad thing. If you uh, know B.F. Skinner and what he went through with dogs, Pavlonian dogs and, and all that kind of stuff, you realize that conditioning is something that educators do use. Mm-hmm. It's where you set the environment so that you make the right choices right now based on the least amount of pain. Yeah. Uh, they used to train dogs. You know, I mean, a dog would, you'd ring a bell, and when you rang a bell, you put food out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they trained the dogs. Bell ring, food, bell ring, food, bell ring, food. And then they, they basically rang the bell, put the food out, and the dogs came looking for it and were salivating all over the place. Mm-hmm. See, they trained them. That's conditioning. Yeah. The dogs are not thinking this through. Mm-hmm. They're conditioned. Right. Um, believe it or not, I used to do that to the aquarium in my bedroom when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. What I did is I would feed the fish at night, and when I fed them, I would tap on the glass with the container. Hmm. And then eventually I'd tap on the glass and watch them all go up and laugh at them. That's funny. Because anytime I tapped on the glass, they went to the surface. Yeah. And I thought, I trained my fish. I should be in a circus. And um, I, th- I realized that we could do that with children. So your boys right now, you can get them to do just about anything you want if you manipulate the system. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're educated. Right. That means they're conditioned. Mm. And one of the great dangers of parenthood is that we attribute kids who are conditioned to being healthy. Mm -hmm. So let's put it in the context of the church. Um, You grew up in the church. Yep. And, uh, you know, you, you, you didn't smoke and you didn't curse people out. and You didn't, you know, you wore a suit on Sundays, whatever it might be. And so everyone would always tap you on the head and say, wonderful child. Yeah. They didn't know at home, you know, your mom laid out your clothes. If you didn't do it, you got whacked. I mean, whatever it might be. And I'm not saying that happened to you. I'm just saying that's, mm-hmm. that's conditioning. Right. So you get out of grade school and everyone thinks you're a wonderful child you get out of high school they think you're a wonderful child you're conditioned Mm -hmm. you go to college and the floor drops out from under you all of a sudden you are making decisions that nobody can believe you're making Mm -hmm. and a lot of parents at that point and even pastors or or college teachers are going what happened yeah what happened is this child was conditioned all their life yeah they got out of the conditioning environment they have no way to respond on their own. Hmm. There's no bell ringing. There's no, there's no way for them to respond. At some point with your boys under your roof, you have to transfer from conditioning to education, Yeah, what they've learned. And if you don't, then when they get out from your home, they will learn and have to make decisions in a world that doesn't actually care. Hmm. And that'll be dangerous. Um, the illustration I love to give, and I've probably given it on the program before, is when my daughter was very young, if you were to go by my house here in the woods, I have an asphalt driveway, and I used to paint the white line on the, ed- on the very end of it. Mm-hmm. And the white line was because she would ride her bike or do something up and down the driveway, and I said, don't go past the white line. If you go past the white line, when she was very young, we just walked out and looked at it, and I said, don't go past the white line. If you do, you'll get killed. And I forget, she was two years old or I don't know how old, young. And she just said, what's killed? And I said, well, you would die. She goes, what's die, daddy? I said, well, you wouldn't be here anymore. And she said, oh, I'll be here. 
Mm-hmm. I said, no. In other words, I knew she wasn't getting what I was saying. So then I said to her, okay, if you go past the white line, you're going to get spanked. Mm-hmm. Oh, got it. Now that's conditioning at its finest. Yeah. I'm using the conditioning process to keep her alive. Yeah. Now, can you imagine? She's in her 30s now. She's your age. Yep. Um, can you imagine now if she came to my home and said, Dad, I'm not going to go past that white line because I'll get spanked. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you know? I oh, mean, yeah. that's how conditioning works. Right. There had to be a point along her journey in life where her dad, me, got to change it from that conditioning factor to an educational factor. Mm-hmm. And I had to be looking for that because yeah. I never meant to tell her the only reason you can't go by that line is because you're going to get spanked. Right. So I remember we were walking to camp one day and we saw a fresh roadkill. I still wish I remember what it was. It was either a chipmunk or a squirrel or something. I don't mm-hmm. remember. And I pointed that to her and I said, see that? And she goes, yeah, it played in the road. Mm. And she goes, oh. Yeah. Now she knows death. Right. No more spanking necessary. Right. You know, so we we moved at that moment. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, you know, that's a very simple concept that parents need to grab. If you ever, ever, ever in your life force a child to do something, and I'm not against that, by the way. You should not let them play in a street where trucks are running. Right. So, But if you force them because of your size, if you force them because of your ability to pay for something or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you need to make a list somewhere yeah. and say, I got to move this over to reason one day. Come reason together. I, I have to move it to a different level. Yeah. Before they leave this house, I have to move it so that they're not just conditioned. Mm-hmm. Um, that simple principle would change a lot of lives mm-hmm. because, uh, again, we get it all wrong. It, if we condition people, we, we get it all wrong because now they're doing things and we think we've trained them Yeah. when we've only conditioned them. So we haven't trained them at all. Mm-hmm. And um, so be very careful. There's a, there's a huge difference when you condition children and you never work on the educational side, you're treating them like a dog, mm-hmm. not like a human. Yeah. And I think everyone who's listening can relate to that. You don't like, you don't like it when people, when you're an adult, you don't care for the manipulation that takes place when people use their authority or their power or their influence to say, there's the line. If you go to it, you're going to be punished. Mm-hmm. You'd rather reason together with them yeah, and say, okay, let me understand um, the different things. Uh, Tozer said, even though we at some time in our life do reflect on things, it's a tragic fact that after a while, most people do not reflect on their ways. They may reflect, but they do not reflect on their own ways. He said, the problem is we don't even challenge anymore some of the things that we do. So your boys, you know, you're, you, they come home, they're behaving, they're doing what they should, and you and your wife are sitting there saying they're good boys. Mm-hmm. And God is whispering in your ear, no, they're, they're obedient boys, that's different. Yeah. You need to get them to the other part yet. Mm-hmm. And, and really... If we don't reflect on, on how we do things and why we do things, uh, we're going to be in trouble. And um, Tozer said this too. Let me read this to you. The magnificent intellect that God has given man, this brilliant thing that can flash out silver streams of light and reach back and take hold of history and 
pull it up so he can reach out in the future and pull it back. This intellect that can examine stars, moons, satellites, and the depths of earth and the depths of the sea. How long have you used what God has given you? Have you actually investigated God's way with that same mind? Hmm. I, I think there's hours and hours and hours of just mindless inquiry on the internet. When's the last time you just wondered about God? Hmm. When was the last time you wondered with your kids about God? Mm-hmm. Um, I know, again, uh, we have to train ourselves to do that. That, yeah. that isn't something that Satan is working on the other side to get us to just endure, make it through the day. But God came to give us life and do it abundantly. And um, Tozer went on, and he said this as well. He said, I, I, I say we do a terrible wrong against our own souls when we use such facilities as we have to fool, play, and neglect our own souls. And I thought, oh, that's powerful. Yeah. If you think about the idea of neglecting your soul because you're busy doing whatever, again, you're conditioned to do. What are, what are we conditioned to do just in a normal routine? In other words, what things do you do that are kind of automatic, that aren't bad, but you just need to do or there's a consequence? Uh, Get up in the morning, brush your teeth. Yeah, brush your teeth, I mean, take a shower. Yeah. Those are all things you're just conditioned to do. Right. right. If you don't do them, there's a penalty. Yep. Uh, that's why you do them. I mean, yep. it's not because, you know, you, you. some people actually have reasoned it out, I guess, but m- most people, there's just a conditioning that takes place. Mm-hmm. Do you know that that's what advertisers and the media count on? Mm-hmm. They're just conditioning you. Yep. They're trying to make it so that you realize that they have some power and authority over you and they'll I'm not going to give it to you unless you act a certain way. Yeah, it's like Apple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time they come out with something new, it's like, just take my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tozer back then, do you, you know what year Tozer was around? Um, I don't know. Well, he, it, it was many years ago. He must have uh, died back in the 60s, I would think. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway. You're he's, right, 63. Okay, so so he's saying something. When I talk about modern times, remember, I'm talking about a guy that died in the 60s, so he's talking about modern times in the late 50s, probably, or early 60s. Mm-hmm. And he said this, today, late 50s, early 60s, we are demanding stories to be brief and succinct and to the point so that we can move on to something else. Consider how your power of reflection gets weaker The little three-year-old asks more questions than the 30-year-old. And the 30-year-old asks more questions than the 50-year-old. I recommend most earnestly that you consider that your powers of moral reflection will be getting weaker and your prejudices will be getting stronger as you get older. Mm. I thought, there's a great observation. Yeah. And I think generationally we can see that. I, I am... Often I'll say, I'm old, this is what I do. What I'm saying is I'm already stuck in my way, don't bother me. Mm-hmm. Someone who's, how young is your youngest? Uh, he'll be three. Okay, he's yep. not stuck in his way yet. No. Still very moldable. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm less moldable. 
people who are 90 are even less mo- mo- you know, just less right it's kind of like that concept you can't teach an old dog new tricks absolutely and i'm not offended at all by your <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't implying anything about of you course not of course not but i tell you what's interesting again is his, his idea that I, I would like people to consider the same thing. I, I would love you to consider the fact that as you get older, your questioning becomes less and less and less, meaning that you're searching for truth and change less and less in life. Yeah. But what if there's truth and change that needs to take place? How does that happen then? But you being willing to do it. Yeah, but what if you're not? It doesn't happen. You stay the same, and it's tragic. Yep. And that's really what begins to take place, I think, in life. I need to always allow myself the freedom to have a discussion on any topic about anything. If we use God's word as the absolute, uh, your generation right now, there's a lot of weird stuff in my brain going on with your generation, or below. Or below. Or below. A lot of it might be below, actually. but Some of it's in mine. Yeah, such as... Um, Recently, I was reading on Facebook um, a lady talking about how God worked in her life and always referred to God as she. Hmm. Always. And this particular lady was a lady pastor hmm. and constantly referring to God as she. And I, you know, I talked to my wife about this and said, that's not right. Yeah. She said, no, it isn't. Well, how can anybody who has any credibility go into the scriptures and change masculine to feminine and be okay with it. Yeah. Um, Many people are claiming, in in fact, and and again, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously I'm not Catholic. Yeah. But the Pope recently came out and and said that, um, you know, gay unions would be acceptable. Hmm. Okay, that changes what God says in his word. Yeah. So that's troublesome. What's interesting is that the more media gets out, the more socially acceptable things are. It seems like things that are true that cannot change are beginning to change. Mm -hmm. And they're not changing because people are thinking it through. They're changing because people are feeling it through. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't want to call other people wrong. Hmm. Well, I would tell you that the Pope on this one is wrong. Yeah. That, yes, I understand what he's doing. He's playing with words, I think, a little bit. He's, he's, he won't call him marriage. He calls him a civil union. Hmm. And I can understand the, if he probably had a discussion with me, he might say, I am not calling it marriage. It isn't marriage because that wouldn't be. But if, if the law is going to make two people committed to each other, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I understand if that's what he's saying, yeah. how he's got, got to it. Um, I still think we're looking for ways to compromise yeah. what God has said. Uh, God is always referred to as a male. And once again, because we have put uh, a different value on different. In other words, we, we want to say that if you're male or female, you have more value or less value, and that's not how God made it. Mm-hmm. He just made them different. Yeah. And different doesn't mean better or worse. It means different. Yeah. Um, your elbow and your knee are different. Mm-hmm. But if you were to talk about better or worse, 
it would be confusing to everybody around you because mm. it can't be better or worse. Yeah. It's different. Your shoulder and your, you know, ankle. Yeah. They're, they're not better or worse. People, you know, giftedness, people who are musicians and those who are um, mathematicians. Yeah. Not better or worse. Mm-hmm. Different. Different, yeah. You know, so I think I think what we have to do, and the only way to get there is keep your powers of reflection going. Look at the, look at the importance of seeing what God has said. Understand, and celebrate. By the way, different. Yeah, that's what now people come back to me and say. So we can celebrate gay. No, celebrate different in the context of the way God puts it, mm. not in the context that you want to put it. Yeah, there is a right and wrong. Absolutely. And you need to discover that in the Bible. So you go there and you look at it. I don't want to get to the point as a 64-year-old guy where I quit challenging the things in life that I believe. Yeah. I think right now I can challenge everything I believe. I Take the Bible out and challenge me on it if you want. Mm-hmm. And I will listen to it. As long as it's a accurate depiction of what the Bible says. Yeah. And if it's an accurate depiction of what the Bible says... And it goes against what I believe right now. I would change what I believe. Because the Bible is what I believe in. God is who I believe in. Mm -hmm. And I need to have that in my life. And without that, you've got a culture that's all over the place on everything. On gay marriage, on on gender issues, on on the purpose of marriage itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, all over the place. And we're in trouble Mm. if that happens. Because you need to have an authority. Yeah. And I'm not the authority. So I think that's important to, uh, to understand. Um, I loved uh, the way Tozer wrote. I love a bunch of old writers. They seem to be less distracted in life. And I would encourage people to pick up those things. In 1 Corinthians 4.20, the Apostle Paul said this, For the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. And I've thought about that and what that means. It's not... I, I could be so eloquent in all kinds of things that I say and be wrong. I, I can be very persuasive and manipulative. I can figure out how people want to hear things or what they want to know, and I could give it to them that way Yeah, and still be wrong. Mm-hmm. If, if I stutter, if I'm not able to speak in complete sentences, but I quote the Bible, mm-hmm. I'm still right. Yeah. If I'm a terrible debater, and I still quote the Bible, I'm still right. Mm-hmm. We can't put the emphasis in life on ability to communicate. We can't put the emphasis on health. We can't put the emphasis on those who have resources. We can't do that. We can't give them that power. Mm-hmm. We have to realize that the youngest child armed with the Word of God, the most uneducated person who's armed with the Word of God, can be the most powerful, influential person in the world. Yeah. Because it's the Word of God that has power. Mm-hmm. And it's really not about the words. It's about the power of God that's released through the people who love him. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand that. Yeah, and that's that's so important. Unfortunately, we're out of time today, but I just want to leave, since we talked about A.W. Tozer, here's, here's a quote that I think kind of summarizes um, kind of what we're getting at. And it says, you can see God from anywhere if your mind is set to love and obey him. Absolutely. And so I think that's the focus that, that we need to be, regardless of what's going on with us, is that we need to have a heart set on that. 
and we'll be able to see him everywhere. So uh, that's our encouragement for you today. Unfortunately, we're out of time. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. We'll see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.